I'll start her up. <clears throat> Anya Taylor Joy's bush hair. Bush hair, bush hair, bush hair. That's going to be like a five minute <laughs> topic. <laughs> Peer uh, yeah, period actually, bush hair. I had to do some research uh, this morning. I, I saw another <laughs> clip of it. It was recorded off someone's phone from the theater, but I saw it again. <laughs> That's. When I said I was writing down stuff about the Northman, I actually had all my notes done. I was just writing a graphic in in like in depth description of that scene where she rubs <sighs> pussy blood on his face. All right, we can't do this. We can't do this before we start. I'm gonna have her bush hair on the brain for the whole podcast. What is going on, folks? Welcome to this week's episode of Collectively Unconscious. I'm your host, Jordan Dante, and joining me as always... Jim, what's up, guys? Big D, what's going on? Up. And we are coming off an absolute high of seeing possibly one of the best movies we've seen, at least in theaters, like, together. We, go, we try to go and see movies together a lot, you know, like when we can, especially now after the pandemic. We've been on a mad dash yeah. just seeing like anything that comes out um but we saw the north man a few hours ago at this point yeah um and we've just kind of been letting that settle in and it just kind of took over everything else this week like we watched moon Knight, played some stuff but i mean holy fucking shit guy the north man yeah that that threw us for a loop last night fucking crazy it's it's essentially like I don't know if I'd go like top five movies I've ever seen. That was my first reaction after like credits rolled, but I would say probably top ten. Like I don't know if if I was giving it a rating, it's like, dude, it's like a ninety four at least. Like it's it's yeah. it's almost a perfect movie, just crazy. Yeah, yeah, it's it's incredible, and I I I feel weird doing this discussion because I feel like I want to see the movie again. You know, to really kind of yeah. let it yep. settle in, but at the same time, I, I really want to talk about it. But before, before we talk about The Northman, I do actually just want to briefly touch on Moon Knight Episode 4, just because it was kind of crazy. <laughs> yeah. It, it, Moon Knight Episode 4 did get, um, get a little weird, and I, I don't know how much I really liked I mean, I, I'd say I like the episode. Yeah, it was just like it, weird, just straight up. It was just weird. <laughs> I like, yeah, I, I, I mean, like the episode, but it, it was like really weird. And then literally, just shit was just happening. And at the end of the show, I was just like, "What did I even watch?" It, it was kind of like, "Where is this show going from here?" Yeah, they went. They kind of went full Legion at the end. I don't know if you guys ever watched Legion. Yeah, yeah I've seen that. Yeah, it there it seems like kind of what they're going for on the second half of the episode. But I think that's kind of where we're all kind of getting this reaction of feeling a little weird about it because the the episode takes a hard shift halfway through. Yeah. About halfway through. Where the episode starts and it picks up right where the previous episode left off where they're standing on the sand dunes after turning back the sky and um Mark/Steven is passed out and then a truck shows up with a mounted gun 
And that scene, I was dying laughing the whole time because it's a truck with a gun, right? And they're treating it like it's a shark attack. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, there's four guys in the truck. Nobody just got out of the truck with a gun. Like, the truck is, like, stalking yeah. around the thing. Like, it's a fucking shark, and she's, like, hiding from it. And it's like, bro, there's four people. In I it. do. And have two guys get out. And, like, and where else would she have gone? She, like... she, she, she's hiding in plain sight. Literally, there's just no, <laughs> nothing around, just straight sand. And then they just drive right past it. Like, where the fuck did yeah. she go? And, like, the only way it makes sense is if you accept that the truck and all the people in it are, like, one entity, like yeah. a predator. And they're, they're hunting her down. They, when, like, in reality, it's like, nah, just get two dudes out the car, go search the truck, and then have the fucking other truck yeah. just patrol around with the mounted gun and then blow her brains out. Literally. But, you know, it's a fucking... TV. It's an adventure show. And then, so then that scene ends, and then they go full Indiana Jones. Yeah. They're, like, raiding tombs and shit. <laughs> And then they fight zombies. They fight fucking Egyptian zombos. That was yeah. pretty cool, though. I, yeah, like, yeah, that, that was, was cool. Sick. It was cool, but it was kind of like, oh, so we're going like fantasy route now, like. I but yeah, but I mean, I guess it makes sense because we literally had the Egyptian gods. Yeah. Not necessarily on screen, but talking on screen. Yeah. They're kind of so leading guess, up to it. I guess just straight up having Egyptian mummies isn't too crazy, but it, it did just when it happened. I was just kind of like, oh shit. Like, okay, <laughs> this shit's happening now. And it was cool because it was like fucking ripping out guts and shit. It like dragged some dude in and just started cutting him open. Yeah. Oh, um, one one thing, though. Do you guys remember that scene where she was being chased by the zombie on the cliff of like, uh, like right out along the cliff? And then she like tackles him and then she essentially barrel rolls off the side of the cliff but yeah now while holding on to the zombie she like one hands the edge of the cliff and or like yeah. climb back like, up or something Dude, this like, is like yeah. no fucking way like come on like <laughs> yeah that was a little i mean stupid. i can't say that while there's it's like a zombie so i mean you know it's an egyptian like, zombie yeah so come on like try it, harder that that was weird but briefly i think it was before that um, something we didn't talk about that I know we all reacted to because I, I think individually when we all watched the episodes at different times we all hit up our group chat about it when Steven is such a beta he cucked himself out of like kissing her yeah when he, yeah. she was about to kiss him and then he, and then he goes what did he say to her he brought up something oh he's like oh Mark's trying to protect you from Kanshu and she's like why would you she literally yeah. says why would you say that like we were about to kiss <laughs> but then he still then he still secured the bag yeah. and fucking cuffed yeah, Mark he still got it. and Mark got so mad yeah, yeah it so happened salty. though it it actually happened they it did happen now they just need to fuck yeah they just honestly need to fuck. oh and then another moment with that zombie that I thought was like awesome and like not something I would expect to see from a Marvel thing is she's fighting the zombie and then at one point, the ar the zombie's arm comes off and the zombie just has like half an arm and a massive like bone sticking yeah. out of it. And he starts fucking trying to stab her <laughs> in the face with the bone. That was pretty That was sick. so fucking yeah, that, sweet. That was, yeah, that was badass. Honestly, I, I would have been cool if the whole episode kind of did some, did that like Tomb Raider shit and had them going through the, the tombs and stuff. But it just kind of leads to like Mark instantly... He's just like, oh, there's a door over here. And then he just goes to the door, and he's in Alexander yeah, the Great's tomb. <laughs> just somehow in Alexander the Great's tomb. Didn't even realize Meanwhile, it. 
Yeah, meanwhile, all these mercenaries have been clearly searching this temple yeah. for a long time and blowing shit up. And he just walks through a door. Like he's like he looks up, he looks up a ledge and he's like, Oh, there's an opening up there. And he walks yeah. through and it's Alexander the Great's tomb. <laughs> but that was sweet. I was actually very because we don't know where Alexander the Great was like buried. We don't know what happened yeah. with his body or anything oh, like shit. that. So that 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 was pretty sweet. And then him just fucking ripping open his skeleton and shoving yeah. his hand down his throat. That yeah, was that awesome. That was crazy. Um, but yeah, you know, it was cool. And then he falls back into the water when he gets shot. Yep. And like he goes into his mind and he's like falling down. It's very like get out when they go, like when they do the mind control mm. shit and get out. Yeah. And he falls through the couch. And there's actually, there's like one interesting shot in the episode. When he's like falling, and then there's like a light in the background, and then that light transitions into the flashlight that the guy's yep. holding in the next scene. Yep. When he's Great in transition. The... They do that like a couple times an episode, like once or twice an episode. And it's like, do that more. Yeah. You get, yeah, get, exactly. Be weird with it. Get creative with it. Like, I, I, I would like to see, see more of that shit. But then from there, they just kind of go full on Legion, where they're just in the hospital and. Yeah, that was interesting. All the, all, like, yeah, and it was. And throughout I'm the whole that's, thing, the next episode isn't going to be that. Yeah, throughout the whole thing, it was like kind of like trancey, and like you got the vibe like maybe it wasn't real, but like kind of was. But then, like, mm-hmm. but then when he leaves um, the office after, and is like like escaped from the office, and then he like walks into the room, and there's like Egyptian tombs like in the room, and fucking steven's in it yeah there's no like there's no with that scene there's no real thought that this like that this is the truth yeah like like there's no shot that no it's fake and the show doesn't even try to set it up as fake which is something that legion does pretty well where it's like it could all genuinely be this motherfucker is just crazy but in this it's kind of like nah we know it's real this is obviously him just doing shit in yeah. his head or being fucked fucked with by some sort of possible other god um or entity i did also notice um it was also i, I do like them having both steven and mark together mm, yeah. and i would love if next episode takes place all in this environment and we can have steven and mark on screen together they had the third that yeah that'd be cool too if you saw where the, they, yes they walked in and they had the uh the shaking sarcophagus the door yeah he just kind of was like nope fuck that <laughs> yeah, fuck that. I'm, I'm just gonna keep going. Um, so yeah, they're definitely setting up for that. I just hope, I hope it's something they're setting up for this season and not something they're maybe saving for future, um, Moon Knight projects. Yeah. But uh, last thing, really, I got is that other god at the end. I have no idea who that other god is, but it's definitely some sort of other. Egyptian god that maybe Mark and slash Steven are gonna take on as and like become their avatar in the process of saving Khonshu. Which that could be oh, interesting. Shit. Okay. Yeah. Cause like how are they the, uh what scene what 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 scene was that? I don't even remember. So like right at the end, um Mark and Steven are like running down a hallway and they open a door and there's a fucking like giant like giant person with a fucking hippo head yeah oh yeah egyptian egyptian it was like all right what am i watching right now yeah yeah 
Yeah, it was a, it's a good cliffhanger though, because now I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah, where the fuck are they going? Because like, this? how could they possibly save Kanchu like at this point? You know, unless they have some other outside source. Uh, yeah, and which which, oh man, I could they they could go two ways with it, right? They could have Mark slash Steven take on like become like the avatar for this god or they could just have this god or they could just be like an episode of them trying to convince this god to be like yo open up a door to the pyramid for me yeah and then he just and then the episode ends with them just doing that i could see them them just doing that yeah instead of having him take on like get new powers for a little mm. bit even though that would be way more interesting that'd yeah, be that, crazy that'd be pretty cool yeah yeah no they have kind of followed that trend of just like okay Next scene, we're here. We're we're yeah. we're just going right into the shits. So. Yeah, it's it's pretty, it's pretty fast paced. I I feel like they definitely could have gotten more more episodes out of this if yeah. they wanted. But we only got two more to go, so we'll definitely be be keeping track of where that where that goes. Good show though, Oscar Isaac. Yeah, definitely. Oscar Isaac really yeah, he, carries he, he it. Kills I, it. He's he's carrying the shit out of that show. I won't lie. And, yeah. and and Ethan Hawke though, yeah, Ethan Hawke. Oh, yeah, great. He's, he's still he's Ethan fucking Hawk. savage, so he's fine. But yeah, Oscar's really he's, he's a really. Her. I really I don't really like Layla. It's like she's hot, but like whatever. I feel like she's not like super important. <laughs> yeah, she doesn't really have much of like a character except like oh my dad's dead and oh I just want to yeah. fuck this guy, but he's an yeah, asshole. But he has personality. Unless they, yeah. So yeah. it's like it's, whatever, it's just, dude. I, like I don't even care. Unless they unless they turn her into that like superhero like in the comics, and they were hinting at that in that episode too. But yeah, or maybe fuck, dude. I I'm not too familiar with like Moon Knight's side characters, but I like fuck it. What if she becomes a villain? Yeah, could that'd be dope. Finds out Mark Mark killed her dad. Else. Yeah, that'd be way better. And then one of the gods is like, "I got you, bro." Yeah. Let me give you some powers, and then Moon Knight's got a villain. That'd be interesting. Yeah, that'd be. I think it was like Scarlet Scarb or something. Scar Scarlet, Scarlet Scarab. Scarab. Oh, that that's who. That's the I character. That, that she, yeah, I think yeah. that's her character. Interesting. Is she a villain? I don't know. I mean, I assume like someone because she too? wants like revenge. Know. I looked video, it up, I think. like, uh, yeah, for the previous episode, I saw that. There's, <laughs> wow, okay, so there's both a DC <laughs> and a Marvel character called Scarlet Scarab. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, that's a shirtless man. Okay. <laughs> Maybe she transitions. man, screaming. And then these are all pictures of the DC guy. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what they do. Could be cool. Um, but, speaking of Ethan Hawke, boys. Speaking. Speaking of I'm Ethan I'm not Hawk. ready to get into this right now. This is, like, I'm, <laughs> I want to relive this movie. I need to see it again. Need it rewatch. Yeah. All right, so let's just end the podcast and we'll just go watch it. All right, all right, all right. All right. See you guys later. Peace. Good, ep- good episode. <laughs> it's like, um, but dude, it's it's like if 
I feel so bad for anyone who isn't going to go see this movie, and I feel especially bad for that dude who literally walked right out of the theater oh and missed oh the last God. scene. <laughs> oh, I'm still tilted yeah. on that. It's like, even though also it's not walked me, in I'm still 45. Mad. Yeah, walked in 45 minutes late and walked out to take a piss fucking two minutes or during the final fight scene. No, it was the last chapter was starting, and then he's like, this is a great time to go piss. And then he comes back, (laughs) and the movie's done. It's like, dude. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, we had a pretty... It was very nice to see. We had a decently packed theater, which is fucking awesome. You know, that's what what we want to see for a movie like this. We want this to be making money. Uh, But, we yeah, we did have someone come in 45 minutes late, and... The movie signals towards what is going to be the ending from within the first five minutes. You basically know where this movie's going to end. Yeah. Right? The movie establishes it. It's going to end on a fucking volcano, a battle on a fucking volcano. And so the main character is going to this volcano, and this dude stands up the ghost piss and then comes back within <laughs> 30 seconds of the with credits rolling. And I just don't understand. I don't understand. But let's fucking talk about the Northman. From the beginning, because I, I mean, I'm just, I, I was, we were all speechless after we, we tried talking oh, about yeah. the movie right after seeing it, but there is just so much to process because every single second, every single frame, every single line of dialogue, yeah. there's just so much, there's so much to unpack. Um, and so let's, let's just start with that fucking intro shot because holy shit, I, I just immediately got so hyped. Oh yeah. Just a shot of a fucking mountain and then Willem Dafoe's voice comes in <laughs> and I mean, Willem Dafoe just has, I mean, probably one of the top five voices in Hollywood. It's incredible. When he really goes for it. And it just perfectly fits that style. Yeah, because right off rip, I mean, I again, this is kind of why I want to go see the movie again, because I wish I had examples of some of the lines of dialogue from yeah. the, a lot of these specific, specific parts. And just he immediately sets up what this story is about to be he talks about how like this is a, a tale of like vengeance and all this shit and he he immediately establishes the tone of this being a folklore mythical tale mm-hmm. and I, as soon as that happened i my my eyes were glued to the screen the, the I, media I, it, it, was, it was such a great start yeah i th- um, i think that's... from there I was about to say, I think that's such a great way to describe it, too. It's just, like, eyes glued to the screen. I, there was literally not a single second that I wanted to leave that theater or look away from the screen, do anything. Like, even the mm. people behind us who were talking, I was not even distracted by that the whole time. And usually yeah, it pisses me couldn't off. Even give usually fuck. it pisses yeah. me off, but, like, I didn't even, it doesn't even fucking matter. Yeah, I mean, holy shit. Um... I do kind of want to, we don't have to go fully in depth on like the fucking explaining the plot of this movie because the plot is actually very simple in a way. Um, it's, it's Hamlet. It's a, it's a revenge story. You know, he's going after his dad, but I do kind of want to go a little in depth on the intro because the intro of this movie is, um, it's incredibly important for what sets up the entire rest of the movie. Right. So after we get that that opening shot, we then get um, the scene of King. I wrote down this name here. 
we're not gonna say the, these characters' names for the most part because yeah, they're all I, fucking I tried to ancient. remember some, but it's just not gonna happen. <laughs> no, there's, there's no way. They are ancient Viking names, but it's King Aruvando. Yeah, Aruvando, uh, War Raven, some shit. Played yeah. by Ethan Hawke, um, and he returns to the kingdom. And immediately, you could just tell his wife was not happy. She she looked pissed right off rip as soon as little Amleth is like, Odin brought daddy back. She's like, great. Oh, awesome. Uh, awesome. <laughs> then, uh, then I, cool, sick. I guess. Don't ever, come, don't ever come in my fucking room again without announcement, you little shit. <laughs> um, oh, another thing about that scene when he's coming back. Um, the fucking soundtrack just oh yeah bang it you, you, yeah right honestly off it kind of tricked me i thought it was about to be some fucking big fight scene but then it kind of yeah. just transitions right to like a like a homecoming yeah it's just really like this huge bombastic like nordic sound yeah very very video game like because a lot of video games like the witcher and shit use a lot of that like influence mm -hmm. for their for their soundtracks um, of just the king returning home, and it really kind of gives it gravitas. Yeah, but then you get that little homecoming scene, which was funny. It was cute, and he's like, "Oh, you're you've grown so big. I can't greet you as a child anymore. I greet you as a man." But you're never too old to be smothered by your father, and he yeah. goes into the hug and everything. That was it was cute. Um, but that the 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 main takeaway from that scene is that we almost got to see Willem Dafoe's cock. So if they faked this out. So did we, they fake this? Or was that just his cock? Why. No, no, no. It's the main reason why we got to go back and watch it again. Because like, you don't know. <laughs> we debated. It's it's either sausage or it's either the actual thing. I'm it could I'm be team either. sausage. It could be either. I, which is I think a compliment he was holding in like, That's a compliment. Yeah, which is a definite kind. Because he was holding something massive and pretending it was his, it was his cock making a joke about the king's wife fucking his brother which we now which we know is true he probably was fucking her the whole time but he was he then he was like waving something over yeah. by his, his crotch and it, it could have been his cock but it was it was huge and we know Willem Dafoe is fucking back 700s AD fucking dildo thing like <laughs> but he was like some jester so it, it must have been fake but yeah he was like a jester Flash, like spirit spiritualist guy. Yeah. Like he's that's something you kind of see, or at least like I've seen in um in like some Nordic stuff where he's kind of like a Loki, a Loki type figure. Have you guys ever watched um Vikings? Yeah, I've watched. That. No, he, he's kind of like um he's kind of like Floki, like where Floki? he's like this like yeah he's like this like trickster type guy, and he gets away with saying shit that no one else with does mm. because he also has like a has some sort of connection to like the spirituality and like the gods that, yeah. that they worship he'd be he, and yeah, it's very he'd, he'd be like a floki if floki was like a fucking oracle or some shit like someone yeah a little bit, something more than that yeah yeah floki wasn't like full-on like oracle type but he definitely did have like that connection to the like uh like spirituality more so than like the other people did but that's kind of a little bit of what i was, I was thinking of um with him but let, let, let's talk about the next scene where we see willem dafoe doing his um doing like the the more spiritual stuff with that ritual yeah because oh wait wait wait. so a after that homecoming 
Ethan Hawke sits down with Nicole Kidman, his wife, and they're talking. And she's like, oh, you've been gone for so long. Let me take you to bed. Yeah. He stands up and goes, no. No. <laughs> no he, Pure Sigma. Was, which was good foreshadowing, though, because he was like, he was like, um, he said that he would rather die in the battle in like the battlefield instead of die of disease that was like foreshadowing like definitely being mm. his brother and that even he was just using her as like a vessel to take care of his only son and um, yeah oh yeah and that she was like conniving kind of like you got that first sense mm. right away that she's like definitely not this loving mother you know which is really cool yeah 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 and that's kind of a, an interesting thing that the movie does right where we have quote unquote good guys, and then we have quote unquote bad guys, but everyone's a horrible person. Oh yeah. Oh everyone. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> that's like that's, that's such a good way. And I think we were describing that too. It's like um the movie shows so much just gore and just straight savagery because that's historically accurate for what Yeah. That like yeah. these these people were and what that time period was, but yet the movie is also beautiful and in displaying yeah. that savagery which is the craziest thing for me like and of, and of also being able to like showcase moments of like like small moments of like beauty and happiness and love in the middle of this fucking nightmare yeah or 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 it takes you like there's a little bit a little bit further in the movie we'll talk more about the, the scene in a little bit but there's that first raid scene where you're just oh. like fucking throwing up so fucking oh, devil yeah. horns. Yeah, just that was so sick. radical. But then the scene ends and you're just watching people getting fucking raped, thrown into slavery, just kids being murdered. And that uh, instant high of seeing this incredible action scene just gets fucking slammed into the mud. Yeah. With the no, this this is the reality. Like this, this is this is this is what it's actually like. But we'll, we'll talk about that a little more in a little bit. Cause I I this the scene we were setting up for is one of the most important in the movie. So after he turns down Nicole Kidman for sex, he goes and gets his boy and he brings him to like a like like temple type place where they have this this statue of Odin and they they start prepping for the ritual. It was fucking badass and they they dip like the the arm bracelet thing and yep. like fucking human blood oh, yeah, and pull that was, it out. That was sick. That shit was sick. And so they go into this back room and just start stripping off all their clothes. Yeah, they like... And he just said... <laughs> they crawl into imagine- it like fucking wolves or bears. Like, they're, they're barking and like... Well, yeah, The music's yeah. going right, crazy. Yeah. It's awesome. Like, imagine... Imagine your father. Come with me, son. Brings you to the back room of a church and just starts stripping off his clothes and is like, follow my lead. And then just starts yeah. crawling on all fours through a tunnel. Like what's going through that kid's head as this is happening right now? I don't know. I went to ca- I went to Catholic school, bro. That's kind of like sounds familiar. Oh, oh yeah. You so you you did that every weekend. <laughs> it, was, it was in the curriculum. Um, but yeah. So they start fucking crawling through the this tunnel, like dogs, and just like barking. And in there, you I immediately recognized him as Willem Dafoe. I could tell from the shape of his body. His presence is not. <laughs> and we saw that we saw that gut in in the lighthouse too. Yep. That he's he has such like a powerful old man gut. Yeah. You could tell. I, I don't know could, how else to describe it. Out of people still, like he can definitely yeah. take, oh, take yeah. dudes like no problem. 
like you could tell that like there's like obviously he's an he's an older man, but there is just a sense of old man power you get from that fucking from that body. Oh, and he's yeah. in like pair of underwear with like leather straps on him and just a fucking pure like black mask with eye holes. Just standing behind a fire after these two dudes crawl in on their legs, on their hands and knees into this room. And this kind of sets up something that I really love in this movie where they take a lot of the ritualistic magic of the of the time period and they present it in a way that is realistic in a sense where it's we don't have a scene like in any other movie you would get a multiple minute scene of like a character of like Ethan Hawke explaining to the kid what this ritual is about to be like, yeah. well, son, you've never done this ritual. So in this ritual, we're going to pretend to be a dog and it's going to establish that you're a man. It's like, nah, motherfucker. He brings the kid in and just starts doing shit. Yeah. Cause like these people, it's a part of their life. They, they instinctively understand it. And we as an audience can understand it because it's, it's, it's being used as, it's not just being thrown into the movie for the sake of having something weird and throwing you off in the movie. It has a genuine purpose. Right. Well, there there was a burp and a fart that was kind of just weird, but but it was for it a was, reason though. It was it for was, a reason. It was no, for yeah, a reason. No, it was to it was like a it's, little a little action actually, that showed what they were doing. It's kind of similar. It's kind of similar to the scene in Dune. Put your right hand in the box. Yeah. Uh, and like the whole idea of a, a caged animal will gnaw off its own hand to get free from a trap but they're testing to see if he's human. Um, as he's like, so they all crawl, they crawl in and then um, Willem Dafoe presents them these two like dog bowls on the ground and tells them to drink it up. And it's obviously a hallucination. Bunch of shrooms. So many shrooms. Yeah. So many shrooms, which is, which is true. They used to, they used to take yeah, hallucinogens for, for these rituals. Right. Um, so they fucking just start eating these. They start like licking up the bowls and just <laughs> drinking it off the floor like dogs. And then again, this is one of those scenes where I wish I had a fucking copy of the script. Like, yeah. Just read off some of the lines of dialogue. It was, it because was beautiful. this movie. Yeah. It's, it's beautiful is like the perfect way to describe it because they, the movie was written by Robert Eggers, but he brought on an actual poet, like a fucking, I think she is Icelandic, but she like specializes in poetry from the era. And so she kind of helped write stuff in a way that feels almost period accurate, but it's still understandable to us as like a modern audience. Mm -hmm. um, so just every line of dialogue just feels deliberate. It feels poetic, but it's still like, it's still easy to understand. And it kind of breaks away from the problem that a lot of Shakespeare stuff has, which is funny because this is the story of Hamlet. We're like, you guys have read Shakespeare. You guys have seen Shakespeare adaptations. Whenever they do direct Shakespeare adaptations, because it was written so long ago, even translated it, you're just, and it's a play, you're just fucking listening to these long, like, oh, soliloquies yeah. and just dialogue that you just have to, like, fucking Pretend decode like, you like you're a fucking. <laughs> yeah. It's, and it's just like, it just becomes just this, it becomes so, it just feels overbloated a lot of times. But with, with this, every line of dialogue really kind of felt like it was just fucking slamming things forward. Yeah. And it was just, it was so badass. It was kind of short um, and sweet, but meaningful, impactful at the same time. Yeah. yeah. But anyways, let's, let's keep going on this scene. So then he starts saying, like, are you a dog or are you a man? Prove to me you're a man. Mm -hmm. And so Ethan Hawke burps, and then he goes to the kid, 
and the kid fucking farts. And they all they all just laugh. He's like, yeah. oh, clever kid and shit. And then the shit starts. Then they just start fucking tripping hard balls. Like the kid starts like fucking panicking. He's like, oh shit, man. <laughs> what, what's going on, man? Oh jeez. Oh fuck, man. And then Willem Dafoe, it just you just get this close-up on Willem Dafoe's face as he's just going off. And he's like saying all this shit about fuck i wish i Dude, had a direct no, script it, it's, it's, it was crazy at this point when the kid started tripping so like imagine you're on an insane amount of hallucinogens at like 13 years old with your dad doing this ritual <laughs> and then all of a sudden you just hear half naked if, if you're dead yeah half naked like cock's probably out if 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 so if your dad dies your life mission is to avenge him and that is the only yeah. thing that you are alive for that's the only thing that you'll get honor which is so huge for like the viking like culture like and everything like yeah. that and, and so it was just like that like that imp impacted me so much because it's like you're literally rewiring this kid's brain and like that's just yeah. what, that's yep. just what they did you know and which you were, set you up the plot for the whole movie that's 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 yeah. that gave the movie the, the meaning like that was the meaning behind uh the main character I forgot his name uh omelet omelet yeah omelet fucking In omelet yeah omelet, yeah <laughs> <laughs> um yeah and it, you know it is kind of funny because like yeah that is really them kind of inserting him into this cycle of violence that they all live in because ethan hawk actually he mentioned it really briefly um but in that scene when he's talking to his wife she mentions that the only reason his grandfather got the throne was because he killed his fucking uncle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Th that was another... I was trying to remember the other instance of foreshadowing in that moment, and that's what it was. And I, I knew it yeah. was. I was like, this makes too much sense to like for this not to happen later in the movie. But like... Yeah. And so, so yeah, so they're tripping in that scene, and um, his dad, Ethan Hawke, start, stands up and starts taking off his bandage because... Um, we should you should mention and we get we get the king returning at the start they just come back from like a raiding mission where like they were they had like raided some other place and had a bunch of spoils you know fucking pillage all that shit the vikings used to do um and he got wounded and so that kind of is what kick-started this whole thing of him feeling like vulnerable and wanting to establish with his son that if something does happen to me you are going to be in charge um and so his dad in this ritual starts taking off his bandages and Willem Dafoe says this line of dialogue that I love because it has, it, it has double meaning, right? Where he says, look upon your father like a man. And it, it, it has two meanings, right? Because in this ritual, they're kind of trying to make him into this idea of a man in the age, right? Like the, the idea of a Viking man, this is him kind of becoming one. But he's also saying, look upon your father as a man he is a man he is not a king he is not this godlike figure that like you obviously see amlet thinks he is he's like oh my god my king has returned and he's like yeah. so happy he's like no 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 look at him he is a human being he is just as vulnerable and, his, and that's why his dad takes it and has him touch the wound and like put his hand in the fucking wound and touch the blood because it's like no 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 you need to understand this idea that you have of your father is bullshit. He is not this untouchable figure. He is not the king of kings. Like, no, he's a, yeah. he's a guy, you know? And it's like, look upon him as a man. 
And it's like that's fucking heavy yeah. for a 13 year old trip. That's true. That's what I'm trying. To, like that's the that's what <laughs> is so just crazy to me. It's just the context of this whole scene. It just makes it so much yeah. more like incredible in that regard. Not even to mention just the <laughs> cinematography the, of the whole thing too. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I man. mean that that goes without even saying. Just the fucking. Just it puts you in the same headspace of being in a trip, <laughs> yeah. just watching it. Yeah. And then Omleth is like shedding a tear, and then he fucking reaches up and grabs it. This is the last tear you'll shed in fear. You'll get yeah. it back when you need it most. Like, damn, bro, that's <laughs> he's like thirteen. What's yeah, what no, he, like he falls off a horse. Straight, like... Go ahead. Go Jim. ahead. Okay, I'll go. But no, like that was crazy because. It definitely impacted him because right after that, like right after his father got fucking murdered, like he was on a boat just chanting fucking kill Felnir, save mom and avenge dad. Like I will avenge you, father. Like just will save you, hopped mother. on a rowboat and just went. Like Yeah, that that is one thing that was kind of weird to me where it's like it wasn't even twelve hours later. It was probably like six no, hours yeah. later. It was like the marked. next like, day or something. <laughs> oh man, yeah. So then, yeah. He, so he, so they finished that ritual, and then the next morning, Fjolnir, um, Ethan Hawke's brother, fucking rolls up and just wipes him out. They stab him with spears, and all the dudes again. They have those fucking black masks with the eye holes on, which looks so fucking scary. I'm assuming those are real. Like they're, yeah, they're like real yeah. based off real historical masks they found. And it's like, God damn, that's terrifying. Yeah. That's, I don't want to ever see that in person. Um, and so they fucking, they get the King on his knees and then Ethan Hawke just goes off on him. He's just like, Oh, he just bodies he, him. Yeah. He just roasts him. He just puts him in full on roast mode. And it's like, damn bro, it's not even worth it at this point. You just got absolutely yeah. owned. He like tells him your kingdom will never last. He said, um, it didn't, he though. said something he about, right. it, yeah, yeah. And it literally didn't. He said something about how, cause like they, they use like armbands as a, as like, um, like the armband, it's not like a signal of power, but like it's used to kind of represent power. And it's like the King has a specific armband. That he like wears clasped around his arm, and like taking that is kind of like taking the the taking his power away from him in a way. And he Ethan Hawke says to him like the armband will slide off your arm like yeah, slick the, with my blood. The stole a, like, the stolen yo. stolen ring or whatever. Yeah, yeah it's like it was just so fucking sick. Oh, no, but he he totally roasts him and like actually has the dude his brother hesitating to fucking kill him after because he just yeah and he's like telling him fucking chop my head off like do it you bitch yeah and he was just trembling like i'm going to valhalla or something like that he basically says something like the valhalla i don't i don't know they like don't directly reference it but something like that yeah no they they say valhalla because i'm pretty sure that's like the correct yeah a quote-unquote correct pronunciation you know yeah i just assumed that's what like Um, it was in Whatever their language is. Yeah, because they also said um, Othin. They didn't say Odin. Yeah. Because Odin is kind of like the modern translation, but he's been called like Othin. There's like four other different versions. Yeah, there was a few name. different pronunciations for like all of the names. It was kind of like like some person would call him 
like Hamlet or like, but some would be like Amleth, like Amlet, like. Yeah. Well, they do kind of globetrot without really explicitly um, mentioning it. Like I saw something that said the movie takes place in uh, modern Scotland, Ukraine, Iceland, and Norway. Mm. They're kind of hopping all around. Um, But yeah, so Ethan Hawke gets killed. And then the kid runs away, cuts off a guy's nose, and gets back to the village. And he sees everyone's getting fucking murked. And people are just getting wiped out. And so to hide himself, he picks up a bright (laughs) red cloak and throws it around his head. And I turned to Dan. I was like, bro, they're killing everybody. Yeah, not (laughs) sus at all. (laughs) But it was really just so he he could see the the, the part where... um, Fjolnir is carrying off his mother mm. and she she was screaming which is interesting because she was screaming in that scene because later on she says she was laughing yeah but she was screaming which kind of really shows that in this movie we are seeing purely omelette's perspective you know mm-hmm. yeah it's like like so from his perspective he interpreted it as her screaming like that and i think that's something that's very important to keep in mind with a lot of the events of the rest of the movie where a lot of this shit is being tainted by this kid's fucked up perspective Mm -hmm. you know what i mean yeah because it all hits at the end like it all adds up yeah um and then from there he hops on a boat and fucks off and we fast travel to like 10 years later yeah and that's when we cut to them being in what is now modern Ukraine. It says like the land of Rus or something like that. I also I love those title cards, like the runic yeah, title that was cards sick. Kind of separating the yeah those different awesome. acts. I, I will say the subtitles felt too low. I they were just, right on I, the bottom. Yeah, of the I know. I had to look up a little. I think it was just a, yeah, the projector was a little off. But well, I, I it, it, probably, it was whatever. It was fine. I also noticed yeah, with readable. the setup of those theaters, if someone's not in front of you with the seat down, like you have to look over the seats sometimes. That's what I had. To yeah, you, you can see, especially if someone's sitting up and they don't have their seat reclined, you yeah. can see their hair. Yeah. But yeah, that so that that that's kind of like that opening sequence, and all of that that occurs is incredibly important for where where the movie goes. Because from there we get Omleth, he just joins another um, like Viking raiding party, and we just see him. He's just a fucking murderer. Yeah, he's just a fucking full on warrior. Like the people he's uh, he's fighting with are just killing innocent civilians. Like they're just in yeah. the boat going down the stream, and they're just fucking yeah, they're just raping shooting people, yeah, just, just laughing. Pushing. It was some AC yeah. Valhalla shit. It was. A lot of it I was thinking about it, it was Assassin's Creed shit. Valhalla. Does that mean Valhalla's um, a good game? No. <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's a it's a decent game, but again, it's like three hundred three hundred thousand hours long. Um not for a good reason we, either. Yeah. Not for uh, a good reason. That setup though, with that uh whatever ritual they did, the wolf ritual. That they had yes, that's set what I wanted up to for talk a about crazy next. scene. One, just because one that, take. One take. Well, not one yeah, take, yeah. but one, one but, scene. Yeah. Single shot. They edited it to look like a, a single take uh, like camera shot. Yeah. 
So let's talk about that wolf ritual. Because my God, that that's one of my favorite scenes I've seen in a fucking in a movie. You get this you get this old man in underwear holding two spears and he's like saying shit. And then you have a bunch of just jacked, just fucking ripped men wearing wolf pelts, holding their shields and their weapons, just like dancing around this fire, fucking just chanting. And then they just all start growling and barking and howling and screaming. And the camera just slowly zooms in on our main character. And he is, he is so unbelievably jacked. We got to talk about that for a second. This man must have done all the steroids possible. Yeah. I think I, yeah, think, no there's, there's, I think there's a YouTube video where it was like, you guys can work out like Alexander Skarsgård for the Northmen. And it was like, 98% of the population cannot. Cannot no. do that. Yeah. No, 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 no. But yeah, so they zoom in on him and he just looks like a fucking psychopath. He's has a wolf pelt on, is covered in dirt, <laughs> jacked as fuck, and just screaming like a lunatic. Yeah. And I, I really love, I mentioned this to you guys after the movie because I really love this depiction of like ritualistic magic and like rituals in general. So I was mentioning to you guys how it's not necessarily about them doing something to cast a spell. Like they're not trying to do legitimate magic. It's about creating this environment and putting yourself into this headspace where they are a wolf, you know, where they, they do this dance and they do this ritual and they, they're attempting to unlock something in their brain. It's a purely like mental thing where they're like almost pushing down their humanity and becoming an animal, which ties back into that initial ritual that they do at the beginning where he's talking about, are you an animal or a human? And it's, that ritual is kind of just them like letting that beast mode, that berserker out so they can be fucking demons on the battlefield. They can be wolves exactly. on the battlefield. And then that next scene, we see how that pays off where they, they go up to this town and we get the shot from the trailer where they fucking see him throw the spear and the motherfucker catches yeah, it in the air so and throws it back. No, like we see that in the trailer, oh, and you man. still get hype watching it in the movie. No, but yeah, they, they literally go into like this fucking killing wolf kind of trance where they're in a different headspace, and there isn't emotions flying around where you're just like, "What am I doing?" No, you're a fucking wolf. Gotta yeah, just go a invade you're a fucking. You're an little you're camp. An apex predator. Yeah, and then he kills and someone, and he jumps on their neck, and like sucks the blood that was a little strange he fucking bites him he yeah. just fucking goes in and just he's dude because he's not even thinking there's no thought process but yeah so they raid this town and we we just get this long tracking shot following alexander skarsgård as they're just going through and he is literally stalking the battlefield like a wolf mm -hmm. he's just walking around he's got his fucking traps he's literally the way he's walking his traps are like going above his ears <laughs> no, yeah. His head is like, like beneath his fucking traps because they're so big. This man must have just been injecting fucking like it looks like you know those people who do synthol. Yeah, yeah. You just put a bunch of Where synthol just, in just, his traps. His his traps just looked like synthol balloons, but they were real. It was yeah. fucking insane. <laughs> I don't understand. No, he he just he literally looked like an action figure in most scenes. He yeah, was just like and, was that dude like. He he really sold his performance with the with the physicality, you know. Mm -hmm. Where I I could definitely see him as a fucking 
warrior yeah. in those scenes, just fucking stalking the battlefield. That, that 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 action scene was great. Honestly, it was it was fucking awesome. It was so goddamn cool, and oh, it's crazy because Robert Eggers has never shot an action scene before this movie. Yeah, that's crazy. That is kind of crazy to think about because it was literally perfect. <laughs> yeah, so. all the action scenes were dope. Oh man. Okay. Yeah. And so yeah, so that scene ends, and they fucking kill a bunch of people. And then it, and you're just hype, and then it immediately slams you back down to reality. Mm-hmm. And it's one thing that this movie does, where the sound design in this movie was really good. We saw it in Dolby Cinema, you know, of course. Got to. Fucking got to see it in Dolby Cinema. And so the sound just kind of surrounds you, and there's just so many scenes in this movie where just in the background are just people, like, wailing and screaming yeah. and crying. It's like you're just looking at other shit going on. And it's and in the different speakers around the theater, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Pretty the, interesting. the Dolby was really good because it was the... Obviously, this time there's a lot of drum music, like heavy drums, so the bass was just going ridiculous the whole movie. Yeah. And it was nice having... um, The Dolby Cinema stuff is a lot... Like, the, the coloring and, like, the... The projection on it's always a lot cleaner. Could you imagine if we saw this in like a regular theater and the projector was a little too dark? You wouldn't see anything. Uh, yeah, you couldn't watch the movie. <laughs> it would be right. so fucked because there's so because they use a lot of like natural, quote unquote, like natural lighting sources where it's like realistic. Like if a character doesn't have a fucking like fire lit or a torch, it's pitch black. Yeah, what like those. Did we um, see was really dark. Was it pig? Oh, it was pig. Yeah, it was pig. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was pig. pig. No, but yeah, those night scenes. Those night scenes would not be visible if we were in another theater, I don't think. Yeah, but I, I liked that. I liked that they went, like, nah, dude, it'd be fucking pitch black. Yeah. But yeah. Like, nah, nah, it works. That's just how it is. It definitely works, but I think it'd be so always... washed out. Yeah, definitely. It's something I always wanted in video games, where it's like, in video game, nighttime just means you have, like, a dark blue tint on everything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's what we were hoping for with Tsushima when we saw that trailer, but... It definitely yeah. wasn't like that. Yeah. Same with like Last of Us 2. We're like for cinematic stuff, they play up it being like pitch black at night. But then in gameplay, like I understand you need to see what you're doing, yeah. obviously. But uh, that's one, one thing that's great about Elden Ring. I was about to say that. Yeah. To, bring it, to bring it into a little Elden Ring is Elden Ring is like, nah, if it's pitch black, you need a torch. And if you don't yeah. have a torch, get fucked. Yeah, get literally. the fuck out of here. It's the lamp get the, the fuck out of here. Yeah, lamp, lamp is goaded. So, so we can basically, you know what, let's just end the review and let's just say the Northman is the Elden Ring of movies. Okay. <laughs> I, I, no, okay, no, no, but, but like being serious, like maybe God of War. Yeah, I'm joking, but that's not. Like, no, like possibly. Not like far God off. Of War. Yeah, yeah. Where you just, God of War you, just, in there. you just get Honestly, taken along a no, huge you know what it journey is? of just like. In- this incredible storytelling about the whole time. You know what it is? I think I got it. This is if okay. So everyone likes to say for God of War twenty eighteen when they went Norse. Everyone likes to say that they were just ripping off Naughty Dog. But it, this is like if Naughty Dog actually made like a Viking story. Yeah. Yeah, it, it makes yeah, sense. It, it'd, like, it'd be pretty good. It kind of hits that like uh, 
and and the the last of us too actually is going for like a similar thing about the the cycle of violence the cycle of revenge yeah. and how revenge just fucking rips your life apart just totally fucking rips everything up and that level of hatred just fucking shatters you as a human no but being. yeah i did want to say like in that scene where you said it brings you right back to life uh yeah like he was he literally was tucked up in a corner in the back of like one of these sheds when everyone was partying like obviously not like not feeling right after that yeah so. no and you could tell he was like fucked up by a lot of the shit yeah. he was seeing and, yeah, and in that scene right before the scene ends they bring in a bunch of girls to rape yeah, oh, yeah. they're and, all like then, screaming no stop yeah, it then they burn and then the, burn the shit down. yeah they yeah they fucking threw a bunch of like uh the guy's like i only want the weak ones and he takes a kid and fucking throws them in this shed that they've been like sending people into like a bunch of kids and women and they just fucking light it on fire and the camera just slowly zooms in as you hear people just screaming and burning to death again that's it's like some, this is great that, after some, that hype some, action scene yeah that's some ac valhalla <laughs> shit even more literally in valhalla you throw the torches <laughs> yeah. on the roofs it's like the same thing yeah but yeah but then but then the buildings just get a black tint yeah they don't actually <laughs> for burn. like it's just kind of for like, like two minutes charred slightly charred after burning the roof down Yeah, um, another great part of that of that uh, raid is so a after the raid, he's just kind of walking around at night, and then he finds like this fucked up temple within the town, and he goes in and talks to a seer who has no eyes. Oh, <laughs> she yeah. has like three. She has like three like um, what are they called? The puka shells. The puka shell it, necklaces. Yeah, it looked that, like, like that. Yeah, or some. That, Some like ivory sort of thing. It just makes me maybe. think of like Sugar Ray. That was that's like Good. um yes, Puka Shell. Pretty sure that's the no ice thing is accurate though, because that's how it was in Valhalla too. Yes. Yeah. No. That that is that is absolutely or not not Valhalla. I mean um, Vikings the show. Yeah. Um. And she just starts. She just lore drops him again. She's just like, brother, I know who you are. I know what you got to do. Um. Does she give him the tear back? She's like, oh, here's that yeah. tear, by the yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, she gives it to him. I don't know if she and gave it to him or was, like, showing it to him and, like, reminding him of what his yeah. his life has no, to I'm, be, I'm, like, I'm what he's trying sure she, to do. She gave it to him. Yeah. Because, well, yeah. In, in, in reality, that didn't happen. No. Right. No, it was like an apparition because like, they saw the the cause it was the room with the statue in it. The Odin, yeah. The Odin well, thing. To, to me, I I interpreted that as just being purely in his head, where yeah. he he was kind of broken down from just you know oh god, we raided another place and I killed a bunch of people and then they raped and murdered a bunch of people, and he was like he was watching when they killed that little kid. I honestly wonder if that like kind of triggered something. I don't. Or he was just kind of like. I I don't know. I th I think because, I think it could be because like there's a lot of, um, like imagery and symbolism that like, he was on. He had a predetermined like destined path almost right, and I I felt that, they wanted to show that like Odin was with him a lot of the times right, and and so and see, so that, and so that... I think they led him to that just to like reaffirm that that he was and then laid out his path his like destined path 
and then you saw the crow was following him when he was doing to like the major milestones throughout the rest of the journey like you know what i'm saying yeah yeah but see i've i've come out on the other side i was thinking about this a lot last night where i'm now convinced all of it all of the fucking all the shit with the gods is fully in his head completely because there's so many opportunities where he is kind of like presented with his destiny and fully has a choice but at every opportunity he chooses to continue down the path of hatred, violence, murder and it fucking de- it fucking destroys his life and he's kind of like he is he is a mythological figure in himself but every step of the way he is creating the myth almost as a justification if that makes sense, right? Because we see that in other moments throughout the movie where he goes and he gets the sword from the knight, right? The fucking skeleton dude. And in that scene, he imagines this big action scene, but in reality, then he also just grabs it and picks it up, yeah. right? Or the scene when he's tied up later on and the, ra- the ravens of Odin come in and save him. But then two seconds later, no, actually Olga saved him. The Ravens didn't do it. Yeah. We find out that Olga came back, remember? Yep. So the whole the whole myth part, I think, is fully in his head. Completely. And they talk about the choice between kindness for your kin or hatred for your enemies. And he says, I choose both. That's just, again, that's his fucked up perspective of life and reality in that, no, you're not choosing both. You're fucking over your family. Like I, I think the whole thing of like, oh my, do- you're you're setting up for your the the maiden queen. I think all that's bullshit. I think all that's just him in his head, justifying the fact that if he gets his revenge, the revenge that his father fucking poured into his brain as he was yeah. a child using hallucinogens, if he gets that revenge in his mind, it solves everything yep. because that's how he was raised, and so he creates this myth. And kind of justifies his actions throughout the whole entire thing, where every single aspect of the movie kind of turns him into this mythical folklore figure. But he's doing that himself. He didn't need to do that, right? And you oh, even yeah. see moments yeah, of that yeah. where it's like, like he he could have pulled away, but he's like, oh no, my fate has to make me do it. But it's like, no, you have to do it. You're the one forcing yourself down this path, forcing yourself to do this. And in reality, it's not what he wants because when he's with Olga, he, he, he actually has human interaction. He says, I haven't loved someone since I was a kid because that's what he wants. That's yeah. what he actually misses. But he interprets that through this lens of needing revenge, of needing violence, of needing to fucking kill because that's, that's his life. That's the life of the time, right? His father, as a kid, he says, you are not a man. You are not a fucking real person unless you get vengeance for me unless you fucking kill and draw blood for me as a child. Yeah. And so it just gets ingrained in his mind. So where I kind of ended up with this movie after thinking about it so much last night is like, I don't think he went to Valhalla at the end. I don't think, I don't think he did what was right. I don't think he made the right choice. I think he just constantly just kept pushing himself 
to fucking just commit more and more violence, which just caused more and more destruction. Which, again, as much as his mother was a piece of shit, it led him to killing his own mom. Yeah. Something he didn't want to do. It led to him crossing the line that he said he never would. Because what did he say earlier in the movie? I don't kill women. Yeah. The idea of, kill- the idea of him killing a child was something that was very obviously fucked up to him. But this fucking lust for vengeance, this thing that was ingrained in him as a child, was so powerful. And he was so far gone at that point. He fucking gutted a child yeah. and stabbed his mom because I mean, fucking heart. He killed her. Yeah, because there was, I mean, it, it literally kind of proved that towards the end and middle where it's just proving every step of the way where it's like kind of like, this is kind of bullshit, dude. Like, you're just kind of pushing it at this point, you you're, know? You're, like You're being a psychopath. Yeah. You're fucking, like... How he wanted to, like, actually, like, fucking horrorize this, like, little town, like, and get revenge, like, slowly and, like... And is chopping off limbs and nailing them to buildings and cutting people's intestines open and wrapping them around other people to present it. And it's like, brother, what the fuck are you doing, man? Like, what what the fuck is going on? Yeah, no. But again, it's, 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 it's through the lens of the time. So it's like, you can't really... Like calling him a murderer is like weird. He's like everybody kills people in Viking times, you know. But I I do kind of like that. There is kind of that angle where you can totally view the movie through this lens of I'm I'm just gonna say it of like fucking toxic masculinity just leading to the destruction of fucking everything. Yeah. Of this this guy could have just fucked off with Anya Taylor Joy. Literally went anywhere. Yep. How would you? How would he have found him? They could have gone fucking anywhere. And he could have lived with his wife and he could have had his kids. Then like think about it. Then remember he, he like had, kisses he, Yeah, he had that vision of yeah, when he, he kissed her and then he, he had a vision. Yeah. He had a vision, right? He's on his boat finally escaping and then he goes, "Oh shit, man. I should probably go back and fucking kill this guy and comes up with some bullshit justification. He'll hunt us down forever. It's like, motherfucker, there's not internet. Yeah. They're, they can't fucking track you. Like, you just fuck off to literally anywhere and you could just live happy. But it, no, man, he has to. He feels compelled by this notion of fate. He can't escape his fate. Like, I have to fight him on a fucking volcano because I was told that was my fate. It's like, dude, no. You have created this opportunity. You have created this scenario yourself and have pushed it towards. But it's it's also I mean, that's what the that, culture that's at least was, where though. I kind of felt. That. Yeah, yeah, but but that's exactly like the, that's exactly like the exactly everything. So, a hundred percent, yeah, a hundred percent. But but I do like that they kind of um like it is the culture of the time. But that's kind of what we were talking about earlier about presenting the uh like the reality of the violence of how it was just affecting normal people. Where it kind of does that as well. Right, where it takes this kind of mythical figure and it shows the myth aspects of of the story, right? It shows like the mythological interpretation of his actions, but at the same time you can kind of watch it in a way and just see how it's like how fucked up it is. Right? How like really fucking sad and truly tragic yeah. it is, which is which is great, which is why a lot of these plays, like a lot of these Shakespeare plays and like stuff, all these stories, they were called tragedies. Because it is fucking tragic the way this kid's life was just fucking destroyed by the culture of the time. Yeah, and you know, kind of manipulated because he was he was tricked like, oh, you gotta avenge me and save your mother. Like, but no, like none of them were good at all. And like, 
it's not like it's not right, but that was that was his destiny. Destiny that he kind of yeah, and his was and his forced dad was also him. a piece of shit. Yeah, his dad was a huge piece of shit who fucking like raped their mother and then only yeah. kept her because she had a son and she she was a slave. Yeah, and she, and, but in his mind, his dad was this loving, godlike fucking figure. Yeah, and it kind of goes back to that. No, view your father as a man, but he he never did. You know, he he never he never. He never got past that. Yeah, and his it's really interesting. And his it's mom kind of why it made me think of The Last of Us Part Two a lot. Yeah, and his mom set up that fucking that killing of his father, anyways, somewhat. So, like, there not was, somewhat explicitly. Yeah. You know, she she did set yeah. up. She told him. She she begged. She said, "I begged on my knees." It. Yeah, for you to like, kill them. No one was good in that situation. But uh, I think honestly, I think the only person. Who was good? Was Olga? Yeah. Taylor Joy. Yeah. To some like the only one. But I also kind of felt like she might have influenced him a bit too, or it's like, because like she had his blood or something. They're like related. what? What was that? Yeah, they were related somehow. No, 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 no. So okay, okay. So again, this is what I'm talking about. So he kissed her wound, and then goes, "Oh shit." You're pregnant, which means you have my blood in you, which means you're oh, going to have okay, children, okay. which which is then he then turns around with the justification of, oh, if you have our children, Yolnir is going to hunt us and kill you. And she's like, what are you talking about? No, we could just leave. We could just go somewhere else. And he's like, my fate. I tried to ignore my fate. And but I, I have to do this. Yeah. And then he swims back. So I, at first I was like, oh God, is this like another, is this another reference to incest in this movie? <laughs> but no, 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 no. It was just because he, he knew she was fucking pregnant. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. And he saw, saw his like children on the tree in that the, vision. Yeah. The tree yeah. of Kings, which is interesting because, um, in, in Norse mythology, there's uh, Yggdrasil, which is the, the world tree. Which is kind of it's it's kind of hard to explain, but it's basically like this this world, it's like this tree that kind of connects reality, all all the different realms of reality. It is both a physical tree and a metaphorical tree, where it's kind of like the fabric that weaves the different realms of Norse mythology together. But it's also a physical tree that exists at the same time, because um Odin actually hung himself from the world tree. Uh think for like weeks like literally hung himself with a noose off the fucking tree in order to gain gain knowledge and it, the imagery was kind of similar to that where they were all kind they weren't like hanging from the tree but they were all kind of connected and yeah hanging off this tree it made me think of yggdrasil but they hmm. didn't explicitly mention that which is interesting but yeah what, what what else you guys got what else do you guys want to talk about with this with this movie there's just so much it was so fucking so insane yeah Maybe that um... he almost dwarfed the mountain, bro. He literally went up <laughs> mm. to, to fucking half Thor Bjornsson and was like, "You're about to get these hands, bro." And that dude sticks like six foot ten, four hundred pounds. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm gonna have to assume there was some <laughs> sort of like trickery because he's because Alexander Skarsgård is six four. There's no way. It should have been that it looked they looked as close as they did. 
right? Yeah, it could have been. It was probably edited, but maybe they, or maybe they know, did maybe a Tom Cruise. Made him it's possible bigger. because I know when like um in like the Marvel movies, because Robert Downey Jr. is like five foot two, and and any scene he's standing next to people, he wears like five inch lifts so that they look like regular height next to each other. That's hilarious. No, but yeah, that game, whatever game they were playing, what I wonder, like, what the significance that was for that particular, like, part that in the moment, movie. I yeah, think, I think it was just to have him, because in that in that initial ritual scene, Ethan Hawke tells him, "You need to defend your blood, right? People with the same blood as you. That's like that's." says something about that, like protect your familial uh, ties or something along those lines. And so that was kind of a moment of him just, again, falling back on that fucking like programming they installed into him with that ritual of like that, that, that kid is technically his blood. That's his brother. Yeah. Came from the same mother, you know? So, you know, seeing a little kid got to get fucking murdered by a big ass dude. And that kid is also tied into his family. Um, to a certain level, he he couldn't help himself. Yeah, which kind of again kind of plays into where my interpretation of this movie comes from is that traumatic experience that happened to him and that programming they fucking installed into him with that ritual makes him compulsive to try to live up to those ideals that were established in those final moments. Like even though he eventually kills the fucking son and the the mother when he's just fucking going insane but like you really just see that he, no he fucking he had to like protect and save that that kid you know yeah no definitely and then with uh like he sets up the ball next to his head about a fucking he blast fucking his fucking his brain out open. and then he just gets like gets the strength oh my- yeah okay we gotta talk about the fucking brutality and violence in this movie uh, like, yeah. oh my god God, dude, when he kills this motherfucker, he just goes full rage mode, gets him on the ground, starts yeah. pounding his face in with his hands, and then headbutts head him. him. Like, ten like times. eight times yeah. in a row. And the last time, you just hear a fucking solid, wet crunch because mm-hmm. the dude's fucking skull collapsed. That's You insane. know how much that hurts? Yeah, I don't that know how he didn't that, just kill himself literally, at the same time. He literally has CTE. Oh, like, yeah. Beyond any... any <laughs> Any like possible fucking CTE like, measure mixed with that, psychosis. That... <laughs> Perfect combo. Oh my! Yeah, that was oh man, it was raw, gritty, like just nasty raw. at sometimes. Yeah. Oh my god. Yes. The fucking people just getting oh, disemboweled. Oh yeah, their guts just spilling out, flopping out. Fucking cocks cut. There's that one person who got their cock cut off and split that open, and their intestines were wrapped around another dude that happened uh a dude who got his nose cut off got a sword stabbed slowly through his skull and we got to see it happen on screen um a dude got impaled he was laying in bed and he was so mad our main character was so mad because he just found out that his mother was totally cool with his dad dying that he went up to the (laughs) he went up to feel near his oldest son and stabbed him so hard the sword went through his body through his bed and then stabbed into the floor yeah. below the bed 
Like, and the bed was elevated above the floor. He was that, and he did it twice. He fucking yeah. stabbed him twice, straight. To and the then heart, took his and heart, stole his fucking heart, straight stole his heart. Oh man, yeah, that was fucking brutal. Awesome. Um, but yeah, just to give a, let, we can we can talk about the. Oh, actually, one last thing I want to talk about before we get to like the endings of the movie, we talk about the fucking volcano scene is we haven't mentioned the fucking sword at all yet. Yeah. His yeah. fucking his D and D sword, sword that he incredible. gets. That it reminded me of a little bit of God of War with the runes on it. Yeah, it it, it just had me thinking of D and D. I think I said to you guys after the movie that if this was a D and D story, that that sword would have been talking to him. Yeah. <laughs> and like begging for blood. But yeah, he basically he gets he goes to a cave. Random again. This this is part of what makes this, this actually the sword is the one aspect that makes me think that makes me question my theory about the movie is because I can't rationalize where else the sword like came from. Yeah, and it was like a weird like forging scene where like just some people came out of nowhere had had well, no, this no, metal. It was the that was story that was sword. a flashback. Oh, yeah, okay, that was showing okay. the the dwarves who like those are the dwarves. It's a legendary have, oh, um, sword. Brock and Brock and um, Sindri, and so, if you play God of War, they're they're characters in God of War, which is how I know that. Um, Brock and Sindri, and there was another one, and those are the dwarves that forged Thor's hammer, um, forged a bunch of like other just mythical items within Norse mythology, and so we actually have to see them forging that sword. But he just goes to a random cave, and there is a witch in there which um witchcraft and magic in norse society was a was a very female um female like heavy uh i almost said industry but it's 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 not an industry but it's, it was very like it was, it was done by women right and so the idea of a male that's why he was wearing women's clothes in that scene i don't know if you guys noticed that the the big huge dude with the white beard oh yeah he had women's clothes he had okay. women's clothes on because it's magic was like a woman's thing, which is why earlier on in the movie, Ethan Hawke tells his son to trust the knowledge of women, but never like learn it yourselves. He was talking about magic. Okay. He was like, trust the magic of shit that like women talk about, but don't ever try to learn it yourself yeah. because that's, that's not what men do. Right. Um, so he talks to this, he, witch, and that dude's fucking throat singing when he comes in, which yeah. is fucking awesome, dude. Yeah, throat singing cool. is always the best. Um, and then he talks to, um, Willem Dafoe's head. That scene was yeah, so sick. That that, that felt straight wild. out of God of War. Because it like, literally like it just takes I mean, it out of the rag. It's literally it's the same shit. But yeah, that that was fucking awesome. I don't know. I don't know what else to say about that. What? So that was like another oh. reaffirmation type thing, right? Where he was just telling him more of his what like quest, basically telling him what to do yeah but then but then he also says he says like something like follow the full moon and speak to the keeper of the mound and so then he finds this like then it just cuts to him at this mound which looks like it was like put over something and he digs down into it and then that's how he climbs down into the the tomb and finds the knight with the sword yeah, and then has the dark, yeah. then has the Dark Souls boss fight. So really, that that scene was kind of just to get him to getting the sword. Yeah. But. So, like when he turned the 
He turned something into the rope and threw it at him. What did he turn? A snake. Yeah, the snake. snake. He was yeah. talking to a snake. And he said, um, yeah, follow the moon, the full the full yeah. moon or something like that. And it threw the rope at him. And then he used the rope to climb down yep. into that into that tomb. Has the Dark Souls boss fight where it's like literally this is like, it's a mechanic in Elden Ring where you have like the remember the shadowed yeah. out people and you have so to get them into the light yeah. and then you can kill them. Um Yeah, that was funny. Yeah. It, he, but then after that scene, it's just he then just it shows the fight, but then it also just shows him grabbing the, the sword out of the, the hand. And so that's kind of where the, the sword kind of has me questioning my my take on the movie, because I can't I mean, maybe I have to rewatch it, but I can't figure out how he got the sword without like a genuine connection to the the, the magic yeah. of the shit going on like that's one thing that's that why i, I, I say, haven't that's been why able to I say there out. is i say i say there is and like obviously a lot of this stuff could be in his head and he's justifying everything that's happening based on like the quest but there definitely is some like like some type of like divine intervention is what they're trying to like get across yeah and it could be bad just... maybe it could be bad and that's fine like some bad person is or bad god is swindling him yeah. this way, you know. To me, to me, just the movie makes so much more sense. It may, like because like thematically, without viewing it from the angle I was talking about, the movie is like it's just going for like. Sometimes you got to get revenge. Yeah. Sometimes you just gotta you gotta follow your fate. But like his fate was. Was, was something thrust upon him as a child. You yeah. know, it was fucking forced upon him in a way. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I got to rewatch it. I don't know. But kind of form, form my, my opinion a little more. I, th- I, th- I think it's like, like you might be underestimating just like the impact of just how like the culture and everything is about this certain type of like destiny and how literally honor oh, no, is everything. I, and like, I don't think I'm underestimating. How, like, I, to me, that that's the thing that makes me think it's fake. Is because the culture is so heavy into that that he is building his whole life around this idea that no, this is my fate. I have to do this. When in reality, I don't think he does. I think again, just like that cycle of violence and hate is forcing him to, and because of the culture of the time, because of the way of like he's he's like, if he doesn't kill him. He's not a human. He's not a man. He's not what his father wanted him to be. So to, well, to me, yeah. the, the whole yeah, culture yeah. being that way is, is, what's, is what's actually making me think that it's all, it's all bullshit. Or maybe it's not all bullshit, but it's all like a, a mixture of bullshit and maybe some, some sort of reality. I don't know. What I was trying to say again. is that like, I, I just don't think there is, it was as much of like a, a clear like, this choice or that choice type thing for it you know like i I don't think he could have just been like never mind i'm just not going to do this whole thing because that's his only thing he's ever known in his life is just the cycle of the savagery of this whole like the viking stuff so i don't think it was as easy as where he could have just been like maybe not maybe you know this isn't anything like he wasn't gonna like like change his major in college or something like that you know i think it was a little bit more like like harder than up that. until that moment yeah i i can i definitely can agree with that but i think up until that moment with 
with Olga. I mean, that's the part in the hot springs where he's like, she's like, he's like, oh, you came back for me. I've never felt, I haven't felt love since I was a fucking kid. I think that was really the moment, right? And that's even the, the choice that gets hinted at like earlier on in the movie where like, that's, that's the moment where he, he had the opportunity. Cause I, I like, I don't think his interpretation of, you have to make the choice of kindness for your kin or hatred for your enemies. I don't think his choice was right because he says, I'll do both. And it's like, that's, yeah, that's exactly. bullshit. Yeah, that, that goes, that goes directly yeah. against the fate, yeah. you know, like that goes directly. Like he's not, he's not even interpreting the words presented to him. Right? Yeah. I think, I think it could be a little bit of both. He's kind of like paving his own path in a way, but also trying to follow this so-called destiny. And maybe that's why, and at the and end he's creating the destiny at the same time. And I feel like yeah, you know? I feel like that's why at the end it kinda it kinda evens out and they end up like, you know, killing each other and he might not have gotten to to go through the gates. Yeah, and that's the thing. I should say, I don't think that like I'm right and what you guys are saying is like wrong. Yeah. I genuinely think that the movie was intentionally trying to throw both at you. Yeah. So that you could take both fucking perspectives on it and kind of, and kind of view it through both because you're seeing, again, you're seeing a myth being told from the perspective of the, the character who is a mythological figure, yeah. right? You're seeing the guy who is following his fate and also creating his own fate at the same time. And so you can kind of interpret it that way. Yeah, definitely. But let, let's talk about the, the ending. Yeah. I fucking think, I, I definitely think, up, final boss scene yeah it was the sick final boss scene where they just go naked on both sides just sword and shield duke that shit out i th i think that was that was really good i i i think he goes to valhalla at the end you i do i yeah okay. i definitely think he does because I, I think the whole thing about death in order to get into valhalla is dying in battle with honor in battle, so, yeah. so anyone mm. who does that basically gets into valhalla you know what I'm saying? It's not so much about because, he because it's so yeah. No, no, because it's so like obviously it's a savage culture and everything. So like moral moral things doesn't really apply to getting in. It's more about did you die? Oh yeah, fighting. Did you avenge your loved ones? If yes, then I think you get in. Yeah, yeah, Jimmy, Jimmy, they're Klingons. <laughs> yeah, straight literally, up. It's literally Kling Klingons are the exact it's same thing. Klingons in Star honor. Trek are the exact. All yeah, honor, honor fucking... doesn't doesn't matter the context as long as you're killed in battle. Yeah, yep, you are, exactly. You go, what is it? What is it in Klingon? Oh culture? man, it's uh... um. Oh, I forget the name of the. It's actual good name. though. It's 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 it has it's a great equally, name. Fuck, what is equally it? sick? Fuck, I, it doesn't matter. Um, yeah, I don't know. I so yeah, let's talk about the let's talk about the final battle before we get into the the the, the ending part with going to Valhalla. The Stovo Kerr. Um, Stovokor. Yes, like yes, yes, yes. Because they talk about fighting eternally in Stovokor or something like that. Oh, fuck. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Stovokor, that's badass. Um, so that final fight scene happened <laughs> on the fucking side of a volcano. Yeah. Actively Can we just rubbing. talk about that yeah, for a that second? Yeah, that was wild. Fuck, fuck all the stupid shit we were talking about with themes, morality, what the movie was going for. Who gives a fuck? Yeah. These motherfuckers get shirtless basically naked or just fucking covered in sweat and just fucking battling on the side of a volcano Dude, and he, i when heard he, when he I walks heard, out like, when the, he walks out from the mist he's just so intimidating oh, oh he just walks in his big fuck. chest yeah 
and I uh, I read that like how they filmed it. It was like a week. It took them like a week, and they were just like they had all that smoke and like all the shit happening, and it was like four thirty a.m. or something like yeah. cold as fuck it- in the winter like. And Skarsgård was wearing the same bloody thong. Yeah. Dirty bloody thong for the full week. And then after production ended, they gave it to him as a gift. So I actually, I I was looking at some 100%, but this this is funny as fuck. Let me, let me read this to you guys. Hold on one second. Um, where is it? Where is it? Okay. After shooting wrapped, several of the actors received gifts from the set. Nicole Kidman received a sword. Willem Dafoe received an actual Viking longship. Bjork received three horses, and Alexander Skarsgård got a bloody stained thong that he wore for a week. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine that. Your coworkers get a sword. Willem Dafoe gets a fucking boat. Gets three horses. Hey, here's your bloody thong that yeah. sucked to wear what? for a full week. <laughs> I would have taken a sword, value, dude. Sentimental value, bro. Yeah, now you can look up at your wall and remember how this fucking thong rode up your ass for a whole <laughs> week while you were filming the scene. <laughs> That's incredible. But Skarsgård was actually like a crucial part of this movie getting made. He was talking to Eggers and was like, I've wanted to make a Viking movie my whole life. And then Eggers was like, I actually have this idea for a Viking movie. Yeah. But then later on pitched him this story and then... They started fucking yeah i guess i guess he had the ending before the actual story so it was like yeah he pitched him this ending and the way the reason like scars guard was so like into it was because it reminded him of like a renaissance photo like that ending of them just like naked fighting on a fucking volcano great so it he ended up saying just like yeah it was all worth it just to have that like that epic epic scene yeah yeah it honestly describing it as a renaissance photo is the movie is actually an incredible way to talk about this movie in general because this scene actually perfectly exemplifies it that moment at the end of the way he's standing with like his legs separated and he has the sword stabbed through his chest and then he decapitates Fjolnir and just like that still frame you could like freeze it and kind of, I could imagine that as a painting. Yeah. With like, kind yeah, of zoom it out, show more of the volcanic background and shit. I could imagine that as an old painting. And I, you can kind of see that's probably why they lingered on that shot mm. for, for so long. I will say, CGR was a little rough on the decapitated yeah. head. Looked a but, you know, it was still, it was still, mean, a, know, still a great yeah, moment. Yeah, it was fine. It was cool, though. Um, yeah, so they have this fucking duel. Um, and Alexander Skarsgård gets owned at the, at the start. It, it is kind of funny. I, I noticed cause we all know where the movie was heading. Right. But then right before the ending, Alexander Skarsgård's character got like a couple, um, crucial injuries before they set up the fight because it's like, okay, this young Viking warrior who's been fighting his whole life is about to fight this old dude. And then we're supposed to take this seriously. Yeah. So it's like, okay, let's give him some injuries. Let's make him already damaged so that this fight is a little more, a little more even. They nerfed him. Yeah. Yeah. They, they had to nerf <laughs> him a little bit. I was like, literally as this, um, cause he goes to, to his mom and kills his mom. And then the little kid comes up and starts stabbing him in the back. As the kid was stabbing him in the back, I was like, oh, they're nerfing him. Yeah. I was really thinking that. Like, <laughs> that. That's a nerf right there. 
<laughs> they just dropped the new patch and nerfed him for this <laughs> final fight. Um, yeah, so he goes in injured and gets owned. And there's this great moment in the fight where um, Fjolnir has him beat and he has him down. And they're both just like doing their berserker, like wolf, just like growls and yells. And then um, uh, Alexander Skarsgård's, his, his growl just becomes like this pathetic, like whimper. Yeah. Where he just sounds like an injured dog and he's just like, ugh, ugh, ugh. And it just keeps going. And then he just, the rage just fucking it, yeah. comes back to him. Fully comes and back. And then he just, <laughs> and he starts just mashing R2 and just doing like full body <laughs> swing heavy attacks. It was his, it was his yeah, final it is, form. Yeah, it is ultimate. It was, it was literally, that, that it was, was the his third final phase form. of the boss fight. He only got him down to. Three, uh, to a quarter of a health bar left and then that was the little boss cut scene and then that was the, yeah. the second phase of the fight <laughs> now nah, that was but good yeah though. he fucking cuts his head off he gets stabbed to the heart and he's lying there dying and we get a close up of his face and then he sheds another tear he finally cried again and then we see a Valkyrie come down and then the Valkyrie goes back up towards the gates of Valhalla. It's just the Valkyrie. That's the thing. I, 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 don't, I was trying to like read into Norse myth to see if it's like the Valkyrie takes just like the spirit. So we wouldn't necessarily see Almuth like going up. I was it looked to me. I, no, go on. It looked like I thought the Valkyrie just went up by herself, which is kind of what was making me think that maybe he didn't. Yeah, go I'm kind of I'm kind of thinking now where it's like they showed it just to like like to prove okay maybe he did go because like why else would they show it just going by itself you know? Well, was it even real? Well, because yeah. when you die, when you die you get a flood of fucking DMT into your brain. Yeah. So again, we're seeing this movie purely from his perspective. So in the final moments of his life, what does he see? He sees his wife. What does his wife tell him? Hey, you did it. We're going to be okay. Why does she tell him that? Not because he knows that, because he killed him. Because he killed yeah. the guy that was his mission, that was his vengeance. So from his perspective, hey, man, I'm dying, and I'm dying in the best way possible. That's, that's, that's My what hallucinations I'm in death are the best possible. But in reality... Did I, he die I, in I, yeah, but I, I don't really think they have to like actually. But it doesn't. Like, it doesn't matter. Picture it though. Yeah, yeah it, does, it's it doesn't like, matter. Whatever. It's not. It's like yeah. a little thing. But yeah. Oh yeah. No. 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 I, I, I'm not saying like this. This changes my opinion on like the quality of the movie. I just. I don't think it actually matters whether he goes to to Valhalla or not. I just think that. No. He he accomplished kinda, what he did, and then that was it, basically. Yeah. I I, I just do kind of like how. No, there is a little. There is a little more going on in the background than I, than I kind of expected. Kind of like mm. the, the lighthouse kind of has, there's like these, like the lighthouse, you can kind of view it as a very straightforward narrative with these two characters. But then there's this all, also all these weird allusions to, to mythology as well in the lighthouse. Right? Yeah. Where you have like the, you have like the story of Prometheus stealing the light. And then Prometheus gets his, um, he gets ripped apart by birds every day and then gets rehealed yeah. and then the ending of the lighthouse you have him on the rocks getting his liver eaten by a bird which is the exact story of prometheus you have the story of sisyphus of him having to roll the rock up the hill and that's recreated in the movie like, there's so much 
allusions to like mythology and the lighthouse you can kind of like interpret it all in different yeah, ways and the mermaid and you interpret it yeah you you can you can view the lighthouse as robert pattinson's evil or willem dafoe's evil it all depends on your perspective of the movie like yeah but both are presented to you and i feel like this movie kind of does that as well where um like uh, Edgar's movies kind of have this like running theme of like this idea of a self-fulfilling pr- prophecy where it kind of doesn't matter if like the prophecy is like real, but like the characters are acting upon the fact of that it is real. Cause that's just their lives. Yeah. So I do, I do kind of like just for me personally and the type of person I am, I like kind of analyzing this movie from the perspective of it's all in his fucking head. And he's yeah. just an insane psychopath. <laughs> I, I gotta love that. I love, love, love that. Fucking yeah, awesome. it was he is cool. a true mythological tragic hero. It is a very like it's a very classic style tale. Like if you go back and look at even Greek myths, where like people like Hercules are huge giant pieces of shit. All these heroes, all these mythological heroes are just fucking scumbags. Oh yeah, you know, and it's great. But it's fucking just like great. they're kind of fulfilling their own own written up destiny. That kind of yeah. With the way like things were back then, that's just they would do these crazy rituals, crazy fucking head game, mind game shit. Take yeah, some crazy just, hallucinogen. And there's the your movie destiny. Is just a great, great modern telling of <clears throat> ancient ancient mythology. You know, yeah, it really is. It, it really it really does it in a way that us as modern people can and enjoy the story and still kind of like graft it onto our our perspective on on life you know yeah definitely it's it's really it's really awesome fuck everything we just said fuck the whole discussion both of you right now give me the number right. wait hold on hold on hold on so do it. so okay okay so i add a 10 because i'm probably gonna do like decimals like i'm gonna give it like a dave portnoy pizza review <laughs> oh, all right so fuck it let's do out of 100 then so you don't out have of to like 100 okay okay yeah um so, i mean sit like first of all cinematography just amazing the different shots i didn't even talk about one of my favorite scenes in the movie where they did like the 360 somersault camera shot during the wolf scene the wolf ritual scene and they like mm. they be, it went it was like 360 view and then it like panned over to like william defoe it was really, really fucking yes. cool. That was one of my favorite yes, okay, shots. Yeah. yeah, I actually forgot about that shot. I'm very glad you brought that up. That that moment was fucking awesome. There's such great camera yeah, work. It was just such great camera work. Such great. Just, I mean, just the script in general was just so masterfully created. Just <clears throat> the words that they chose. Um, the the transitions were so hype. The soundtrack. I mean, it's it's like. It's so hard to give my first score this high of a score, but like, I think I'm just gonna stick with 94. Like I said at the beginning, it's a straight 94, man. Like, it's really high up there. Yeah, I I, I respect that. I totally get that. Jay, what do you got? I'm gonna write this down. Oh, I I see. Obviously, I liked it. I loved the movie. I wasn't like totally like totally blown away on the. Uh, like maybe on the the impact I had like atmospherically wise, 
because it was mm-hmm. just it did kind of just take place on the side of this hill which makes sense for the time period like it's obviously not real to be in these grand fucking epic events yeah. and shit but but no i i would say it was a solid 90 like i just give it a 90 flat 90 all yeah. right I, yeah, the, yeah the, I can, I can the, get with that the the farm location was a little bland yeah I but took then there would just be those time, shots so it was fine there was those sh- there was those shots where you see the fucking volcano smoking in the yeah, background. Yeah. And I was like, nah, 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 this is sick. Yeah, this is it was, I love it was this. Awesome. I love it. Um, I also thought I, I I gave it a high score too because like this is one of like my favorite genres just in general of just like media, mm-hmm. just one of my favorite genres. Like there's Norse mythology, so that's why I, a little bias score. That's why I, I liked it so much. So good, dude. You should. There's this great book. There's a really good audiobook just called Norse Mythology by Neil Gaiman. And it's so fucking good. It's such a great book. Um, but for my score, this feels like such a cop out because this is my score the moment I thought about this. Um, but it, it's going to put me right in the middle of you two. I'd give it like a 92, 93. I was going to say that um, first, but then I, I got rehyped thinking about it. So I was like, no, no, no. Yeah, and I think um, where that 92 kind of comes from is I, I do think the movie is, like, borderline perfect. But I, I can admit that because it's based off such an ancient tale that we've all heard a million times, that the, the like, if you just stripped every, everything else from the movie and just looked at the plot, the plot is very basic, but everything else in the movie elevates it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so the rest of the movie, like ever, literally everything else, soundtrack, visuals, performances, the action scenes, elevates what a story that we've all heard a lot. But at the same time, I do think I would have liked to see maybe something, I don't know, maybe a little more twists and turns, maybe mm-hmm. something a little more like narratively interesting. But that being said, the story is still good. Because, I mean, again, it's a, it's a classic story. It's a classic story structure. And the rest of the movie is so fucking good that even having a story that you're immediately familiar with, you immediately know what's going to happen, it, it does make up for that. So it still lands at a, yeah. at a comfortable 92 for me. And it, it, honestly, that score might go higher after rewatching the movie. Because I remember getting out of the lighthouse and thinking, wow, that was one of the best movies I've ever seen. And then when I rewatched The Lighthouse, and in my own time, I could kind of sit with it and like watch it on my TV, kind of let the movie kind of wash over me. And like I've seen this stuff, and I can really think about it. The Lighthouse is probably my favorite movie of all time now. Yeah. So I, I think after rewatching this movie, it could that score will probably climb. <laughs> yeah, because now you can actually kind of you remember kind of what's gonna happen, so you can. More Pay so dissect the other scenes. Exactly. See what's going on background-wise, too. Oh, really there's one thing I totally forgot that I wanted to bring up. And this was the thought. This Okay, you remember last night oh, where shit. I had a thought yeah. and it fucking deleted from my brain because I was on way too much edibles? Okay, I remembered the thought. And it was this. This movie was The Green Knight but like really good. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Mm. Yeah, I, I <laughs> like, got the yeah. same. I got the same exact vibes. <laughs> like, see, I it does the sa- same thing of again telling us this mythical tale, right? 
and kind of presenting it like chat through chapters and kind of delving into fantasy and reality and what's real, what's really going on and what's in his head. And then fucking Northman is so much more engaging. Yeah. It's so much more entertaining. But see, I like the Green see, Knight. I Not actually that the Green read Knight was online. bad, yeah. But yeah, see, I read online that someone was uh, like, oh, if you want to see like a mythical tale, watch, uh, watch the Green Knight instead. Like they were kind of like, dragging the northman kind of it could, so. it, it could be a little too artsy for its own good which is yeah. where, where it kind yeah, of fell and, off and this movie wasn't that at all yeah and the northman again we talked about how the northman kind of constantly loves to reground you into the reality of viking life in the, the ninth century but the, the green knight doesn't do that nah, ever i think there's like really a couple doesn't. moments where it brings you back there's that moment where he goes to like the battlefield and like you see all like the fucking just brutal corpses and everything. But like for the rest of the movie, he's just talking to foxes, seeing giants, fucking yeah. dealing with all types of crazy shit. So I can, I, from what that person was saying, I can kind of get it. Like if you just want a pure mythology movie, maybe watch something like that. But if you want like a fucking Viking story that ties the mythology into their lives in a way that's like, realistic to the people living in those times the north man is yeah and fucking damn yeah, you're perfect. it's it's literally perfect and just you if you want storytelling done amazingly and like literally by like the textbook just straight just perfect storytelling that's not too complicated it's not some tenant shit where you have no idea what the fuck's going on like it's a simple simple theme not simple theme but a simple story structure and it executes really well yeah, and not tenant shit. It's not like, or it's not like, not like Marvel where they have to. They're just saying shit because oh shit, yeah, we got to get exactly. jokes in here. Yeah. Over, like every every action, every line of dialogue, every single frame of this movie was a deliberate choice to tell you the story. And it, it just, oh my god, you know, after just seeing Morbius, it's like ah cinema. Yeah. Ah, film. The, it can be I had good. The re- it reverse, can be good. I had the exact opposite reaction. I was like, Morbius was actually real cinema. Because <laughs> I know. Okay. I, okay, so I, I chose against I chose against saying this during the movie, but I wanted to lean over to you guys and be like, so where are the bats? When are we gonna see some yeah, bats? Right, where, what are the where, You got ravens? What, honestly Imagine imagine Jared Leto is in the role of Oh god. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that would oh, be terrible. Be a worthless movie. Alright, boys, so we're gonna get out of here real soon, but I did want to just touch upon three three very funny news stories. Just real quick, real quick, I just want to touch on them. Um the first one is our good friends we, we just love them we love them our good friends over at ubisoft you know just the, oh, the best game, game developer out there they're just always so kind to their consumers they never oh, yeah. put like horrific microtransactions no, in their game incredible ui just like all the amazing. time they don't have some shitty dog shit you play launcher that they fucking add into all their bullshit games um, but they're they're working on this new PvP battle arena game called Project Q. Oh gosh. Okay. And it it you leaked. It proj- 
Yeah, no, yeah. Fucking terrible name, by the way. Project Q. And it it leaked. It leaked, and then Ubisoft came out, and like people were talking about how it's like an arena shooter with a um a battle royale mode. Again, just literally the most generic shit. Very possible. unique. Free to play. Very unique. Yeah, very unique. Again, Ubisoft, just the masters of producing unique content. And um then Ubisoft came out and we're like, hey, so we heard that you guys heard. So now we're gonna f- announce Project Q. You can go and sign up um here. This it's not a battle royale game. This is a PvP slash PvE enemy uh game um that's focused on fun. And oh I got hold on, I gotta find the exact quote because it's insane. Uh so I, I Google search it. First thing I see, Ubisoft says its upcoming team battle arena game won't have NFTs. Yes, 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 that's where Thanks. I was going. That's where I was going. That, that's, why I, that's why Thanks, I need Ubisoft. to find the exact quote. Because they have their project Quartz. I mean, their Quartz, Ubisoft Quartz is the name of their NFT like initiative. Um, and so people saw this tweet where they announced, they quote unquote announced Project Q. Um, okay, this is what they said. Introducing codename Project Q, a team battle arena letting players truly own the experience. Oh, and so people saw God that and it. were like, yeah, this is a fucking NFT game. And I'm just going to drop um the link to the tweet in the Discord chat. Just take a look at this. There's like a concept art for the game. And Tuma is not the most generic. Oh, yeah. I just I just seen. saw this. I looked it up. Yeah, no, it just uh, it just looks boring. Like already. Yeah. And then they said, um, <laughs> and then people were like, oh let you own your own experience that sounds like nfts and then they 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 couldn't even deny saying no we're not putting nfts in this game they said we currently have no plans to <laughs> incorporate nfts in this title it's like yeah because it's still a fucking it's literally you don't even have a title it's called project q no shit you haven't figured out how you're going to implement NFTs yeah, exactly yet. fucking li- lying pieces of shit so stupid are you gonna be like some some app or something that goes along with it and then your skins could be some type of nft thing but they're not going to call it an nft but it is going to be one but that's and that's the crazy thing though is that's how skins in counter-strike work. yeah it's literally counter-strike it's literally a counter-strike NFT. skins have been fucking nfts for like a decade yeah. pretty much yeah. like, <laughs> so i mean yeah they're, they're probably going to do that and then not say they're nfts but they'll be fucking NFTs. yeah that's where we're headed, guys. <laughs> Again, these I said these new stories are funny, but they're also incredibly depressing because this next one, you guys remember last week when we talked about how Microsoft is going to be adding advertisements to free-to-play games? Yeah. Well, not even two days later, business in, from Business Insider, the same people who broke that other story, Sony is cooking up plans to run ads in PlayStation games. They're doing the same <laughs> shit. Yeah, I, I actually heard it, that. There was another article where it now it seems like um, they've figured out monetizing through ad revenue, like videos on YouTube. They figured out monetizing podcasts. They've monetized music through ads. They've put ads on literally everything. And it seems like the next place that video game companies are attempting to sell as the new big place to get ad revenue is fucking free-to-play games. Mm. And so now we have both Microsoft and Sony and probably all these publishers who are now going to be working to pump free-to-play games full of fucking ads. I love it. 
Yeah, it's just kind of like, it's just the way we're heading. I feel like it's just going to be such an overloading, make money. like, oh, it's yeah, make money. yeah, they're going to make money the, either way, but, oh, yeah, man, it's just a great just reminder sucks. that corporations are not our friends. No. They are entities built to just take our money, and they yep. will find every single avenue possible to, to make that happen. It's just kind of, I, I don't know, it's just tiring at this point, just seeing the way, like, media is going, like, with ads and shit. Like, I don't know, it's just, like, eating away at my brain. <laughs> I do, though, that's, honestly, that is a fucking incredibly perfect way to describe my feeling. I couldn't put it into words, like, but that sentence that you just said encapsulates just how draining. this shit makes me feel perfectly. It's just, it makes me tired, dude. Yeah. It makes me so tired. I just, like, I love. I see the same fucking stupid type of ad in just a different format. And it's just like, oh, could you try yeah. any harder? Like, yeah. And it's like, I love, I just love any aspect of storytelling. You know, like, I love media. Like, I love video games, movies, TV shows, all this shit. But it's just like, it can only be produced by entities that need to make money and they need to make money mm -hmm. or else they don't exist and it's just so it's just like the shit i enjoy is just fucking brutalized by all aspects yeah. like every angle they're trying to fucking find ways to just milk me for cash mm -hmm. and i'm a fucking pig I'm a fucking piggy dude i, I just can't yeah. can't help but be a sucker for it but it's also crazy because like we grew up with like kind of the same shit on TV, like where you'd get a fucking a commercial break for a couple minutes, and then we had the glory of streaming services are coming. No more ads. Yeah. And then the streaming services were like, "Fuck, we gotta make some fucking money. Yeah, exactly. Let's get some ads in there, <laughs> or let's spike up your your um how much it costs to subscribe." Yeah. Oh, man, it's just depressing. But hey. Still got the movies. Exactly. And the Morbius Cinematic Universe is continuing, my friends. Oh, shit. They're actively what? filming. They're actively filming. No, absolutely not. They're, ab they're actively six. filming a Craven the Hunter movie. Yeah, I don't know and what that is. Craven the Hunter. Craven the Hunter is another Spider-Man villain. He's actually really fucking awesome. Um, there's this incredible, incredible comic book story called Craven's Last Hunt, where Craven fucking like takes out Spider-Man and then becomes starts dressing up as Spider-Man himself, and then just starts fucking murdering criminals and just like cleans up crime in New York and not only takes out Spider-Man but becomes a better version of Spider-Man, and because that he fulfilled his goal. And the fucking comic ends with him literally blowing his brains out in a chair. Damn. He's like, That's he's crazy. like, yep, I won. Nothing else to live for. Fucking blows his brains out with a shotgun. I mean, that's pretty and that's cool. how it ends. And Spider-Man, I mean, Spider-Man's like, oh, geez, man. Oh, <laughs> oh man, I kind of got owned. <laughs> and then this is the other moment in Craven, Craven's last hunt where he fucking, like, to get into the mindset of Spider-Man, he gets naked and goes into a room and releases, like, 10 million spiders and just lets them crawl oh. all over his body to like feel the fucking energy of spiders. It's crazy, dude. Craven's awesome. But we're getting a Morbius cinematic universe style movie 
starring um, Aaron Taylor Johnson. You guys know who that is? No, no. He was he played the um, he played the guy in the first the army dude in first got in the first Godzilla movie, that the 2014 Godzilla, the American one. Oh, uh, okay. And he was married to um, Elizabeth Olsen in that movie. And oh, then they okay. Also played brother and sister. Friday Night Lights guy. Yes, I think so. And then they also played brother and sister in Avengers Two, where he was Quicksilver and she was Scarlet Witch. Never mind. Elizabeth Olsen was Scarlet. Not that guy. Scarlet Witch. <laughs> I've never seen Friday Night Lights, so I I just agreed with you. I don't actually know. Um, you probably recognize him. But anyways, he's playing Craven the Hunter, and Craven the Hunter in the comics looks like this. He has like um like animal furs on him and he looks like a hunter but in the photos i just sent you guys he is just a man with long hair like looking like michael morbius and he has a tooth necklace on yeah and that's that's how you know he's craving the hunter that's oh that guy yeah so is, he, um, is he gonna fight uh morbius jared leto dude who knows man are they gonna team who? up is Cra is Craven like equally edgy? He can be, but like Craven's like a he, he's like a rich dude who just he likes the idea of the hunt. You mm. know, like that's he likes the idea of hunting um the most the most like formidable formidable like predators possible. And uh Spider-Man is one of those. Yeah, it's going to be dog shit. I just kind of wanted to bring it up <laughs> because it's funny. It's funny that they're uh uh, that they're making a they're making a movie about Craven the Hunter, and it'll probably be just as bad, if not it. It genuinely has the potential to be worse than Morbius, guys. Oh, God. If that's even possible, it is. It absolutely is. Uh, well, it can be worse, as in it could have that level of like writing, and then not be funny, like and be like slightly better. Yeah. So yeah, it's not, not so not bad. Be it'll be. Yeah. So there's nothing to laugh at. So there's nothing to laugh at. Yeah, and there's, there's, I think it's honestly has something to do with the fact that um, like Morbius had Jared Leto in it, but also the name Morbius it's just, is like the perfect thing to make fun of. Pretty Something whack, yeah. It. It's just I a whack know. name. Fucking it's stupid. Silly. It's like Eugene. I don't know. It's just a silly movie. Morbius silly is like cast. the Eugene of Marvel names. Yeah. Or like, like <laughs> Herbert or something. Yeah, it's the Herbert. It's the Morbius of Marvel names. But yeah, boys, that's um, that's all we got for this week. That was a thicky. Yeah, it was, it was, a, it was a thick one. That's for sure. Um, Northman's fucking great. And Moon hold Knight's on, still hold on. And we got through that whole discussion without mentioning Anya Taylor Joy's Bush. Oh my god! Okay, I will edit this back. I will edit this into our into our discussion of the Northman. We didn't talk about the scene in which Yolnir has Anya Taylor Joy as a slave, and he goes to try to like rape her in the night, and she just reaches down and gets a fucking handful of pussy blood and a just wad. shoves it like in his face. Like a real wad of it. Like she got a lot. And then he just like, like. And then he just yells, "You unclean whore!" or something. Like, yeah, like, dude, like, she crazy. was fucking ovulating, bro. Like she was really doing yeah. that. She she lifts up her like dress, fucking tunic thing she's wearing, shows her bush hair. And he's like, "Oh, you're bleeding!" And then just reaches in and just fucking shoves it in his face. Oh. Smacks him with it. That was awesome. 
this is a great scene. I mean, like, and then he literally like pushes on. her, right? She literally just he just bodies her, right? Yeah, he just yeah, yeah. throws her down. And you know, like honestly, let's be real. If Anya Taylor Joy did that to me, the only thing I would say is thank you. Yeah, I would be very <laughs> pleased. I would not matter. I'd be like, can someone get me a bottle? I need to sell this on eBay for fucking oh, forty thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah, I'd 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 be I'd be siphoning all that. All right. Oh my god. I can't believe Incredible. we totally forgot. We forgot to bring that up. I remembered, but it was I didn't want to it was kind of like we are in some serious talks. No, fuck that. Bring it up. There's never like, we there's always time. But all right, boys. Fucking banger of an episode. Great job. Talked a fucking long time about the North Man. Incredible movie. Talked a bit about some Moon Knight little little news stories next week definitely going to be talking about the unbearable weight of massive talent i'm very oh, excited yeah. to go see oh that's yeah. going to be a good one go see some nick cage um definitely want to talk about some gaming i have been fucking balls deep in horizon forbidden west just fucking jamming my shaft into that game having a great time so definitely want to talk some gaming next week but uh that is going to do it for us uh if you're listening on a podcast app be sure to leave us five stars give us a follow as well Helps us out in the algorithm, gets us up there. And if you're watching on YouTube, be sure to subscribe, hit that bell, and leave a like on the video. But that is going to do it for us. I am your host, as always, Jordan Dante. And joining me, we got Jim. Ciao, guys. Big D. Big D. That is going to do it for us, folks. Take care. Have a good one. Peace.